0: At Christ the King Sudden Valley. We are an authentic Christian community, reaching out to people in love, acceptance, and forgiveness, so they may experience the joy of salvation and a purposeful life of discipleship. We encourage you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. We meet at the barns located in Gate 2. Find us on Facebook at CTK Sudden Valley or go to ctk.church. Now Let's join Pastor Jason Manning as he continues his series entitled Change, a study of change through the book of John.
1: So I'm going to give you another shot here, church, uh, with what we started with at the beginning and what we do each and every year uh, for Easter at Christ the King Southern Valley and say, He is risen. He is risen. I don't know if you can hear it here, but all six of us, all six of the people here with me responded with a great, he is risen. But here's the deal, church. I'm glad that you joined with us wherever you're joining with us this morning. Crazy that we can do church like this in such a short period of time. That when we we can gather with each other via technology and this morning, uh this Easter is gonna be like no other. And I, I say that only experience-wise, but so everyone's aware, Easter at CTK, Uh, is what at CTK Sudden Valley or Believers in Christ, followers of Jesus, celebrate every day. It's how in the midst of everything that we're facing right now, it is how we can have peace. It's how we can have a calming understanding, not an understanding of COVID-19 or that the virus that's going around. I don't know how many people actually have an understanding of that, but of a living and active God, a God that we can trust, a God that we can rely on, a God that we can look towards no matter what we are facing. See, we celebrate the fact that we get to be with, we get to interact with, we get to learn and lean on and love more. We get to gain knowledge of his love for us and grow in a personal relationship with him. And it's for that reason that we celebrate every day as followers of Christ. We celebrate Easter every day. Easter is every day. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to do something for me. Wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing, I want you to turn and look at the people that you're gathered with. Actually, look at them in the eyes. Your family, maybe, I hope you don't have a bunch of friends over for Easter, but maybe you got some friends and family members that live with you in your house. Maybe, maybe you're by yourself. And I would ask that maybe you look introspectively at yourself because if you're like me, over the last four or five weeks, the people that you're looking at right now, you view differently. Because for some of you, you've been stuck with, okay, wait, strike that. You've had the joyous opportunity to be with them over the last four or five weeks, more than you ever have in your life before. And maybe even introspectively, looking at yourself in a whole new Way. And maybe for me, and for me, and maybe for you, it is true as well, is that you've gotten to know these people. You've gotten to know maybe even yourself in a new and different and deeper way. Some of the things I've learned from my family is my daughter Avery. Hi, Avery. I love that you're joining me from Easter. Um, but she has an amazing artistic ability I didn't even know about. She drew this eye. I think it's over here now. And this eye was, uh, was something that one day she just sat down and started drawing. And it took shape over a couple weeks. And it's a, um, it, people have thought it's actually a black and white photo of an eye. But Avery also has a talent in the kitchen that I knew nothing about, right? Homemade pretzels and homemade pizza dough. I call it the COVID-15. It's not the cameras that put, put 15 pounds on me, but it's actually Avery's cooking that has put 15 extra pounds on me. And not only that, I've been able to enter into my kids' schoolwork a little more. I got to read a, a, a page that my son Colby wrote about keeping his American dream intact. And you may not know this, but Colby has a deep desire for personal relationship with people, not only for him, but for everybody. And I got to sit down with him and read his paper that he wrote and turned in to his teachers, and it was amazing. I also got a new glimpse at some of what my wife thinks is entertaining television. As I turned on Tiger King, I found her saying, this is actually entertaining, which I would have never thought right now. Uh, We've only watched a couple episodes, but I hear it's pretty entertaining as it gets going. But more like Colby, for me, and I can relate to what he says, I've learned just how much you fuel me. As your pastor, as your friend, maybe you don't know me much at all, but I've realized just how much gathering together with people builds me up, fills me up. I'm less extroverted, I have been I was incredibly extroverted in my younger years and I've become less and less extroverted but because of gathering together on a regular basis I didn't realize just how much I desired to get together with people and worship and just be with and connect with relationally There's been a lot of memes posted out there that this time is an in introvert's heaven to be uh, stay home, stay healthy, be socially distanced. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and this friend of mine who's very introverted said it's actually an introvert's nightmare. And he talked about even when he's gathered together in the same room and can't leave and he has to be with his family, that to an introvert can be scary. But also the idea of being isolated can be scary. And for me, I'm naturally the other way uh, I'm more extroverted, and that's, it's been draining for me not to be able to gather with people and to get to hang out and enjoy people. But if we strip away all the distraction, and, and maybe you, like me, at times, you may have felt utterly alone. There may be times where you laid in bed and you looked up at the ceiling and you felt fundamentally alone. It has most likely been an eye-opening experience, new realizations and understandings for all of us. But most likely different for all of us, different experiences, different feelings, different emotions, different growth, different understanding. And I was thinking about it. I don't know if you've got a chance to play board games and be with people, but uh, much like you would play charades, you'd have an intense family time of some intense games Charades or uh, Pictionary, but as you start to draw or describe something, wherever you start, you the people around you don't know what you're drawing, don't know what you're uh, what you're explaining. They start with anything. You could describe an elephant's legs or the trunk of an elephant, and it would be nobody would know what you are explaining. Or say, if someone was to ask you to explain me to them as your pastor, you would say whatever it is that you observe me to be like. But the truth is, no one on earth could explain me better than my wife, Heather, right? She has lived with me the longest, probably now has more adult earthly influence. It might not show adult earthly influence in my life, but more adult earthly influence on me than anybody. She would be able to tell you where I'm most vulnerable. She would be able to tell you um, where, where I struggle the most, where I'm most insecure, where I what I use as my defense mechanism. She'd be able to tell you the good things, the way God has gifted me, the way God has directed me in my life. And church, much like over this time, I'm sure Heather's view or understanding of me and even me of myself, Heather's view and understanding has changed. And in that same way, my prayer would be for us this Easter that during this time we would know and recognize God's presence more. Jesus' spirit with us much more than just being renewed, that it would be new not not nude nude new right not renewed but new our perception of Jesus i wouldn't say for a lot of us it's it's wrong but it's partial maybe not complete you see we all have a picture of easter jesus the risen lord but i would it would it wouldn't be a stretch to think that all of our images of Jesus, what he would do with us now during this time, how he would respond, his character and nature towards us during this time, it isn't a stretch to think that they aren't as accurate as they could be. That In that, we can all further understand who Jesus is in a more full way. That Jesus' spirits, God's presence would be made new, For all of us, that though our time together with family and digitally with church, that during this time we would all have a new understanding of Christ, his love, his sacrifice, his desire to care and relate to us, to be with us, right? Enters into that time of great meaning. He enters into wherever we are at right now currently with great meaning and purpose, The Apostle Paul prays a prayer that I've been praying over you and that I've been reading over and over this week. And it's a prayer of understanding and purpose and meaning during this time. It's Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. And I want to read it to you this morning. Apostle Paul says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparable great power for us who believe, the power that is like working in the mighty strength which he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and in every, uh, in every present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything and every way. that you may know him better. That your heart may be enlightened in order that you know the hope that you were called to. The glorious inheritance that he has for you, for those of us that believe. And that under Jesus' feet, he appointed him head over everything. So if, if my, if our hope and prayers to know Jesus to know God's presence more during this time. Because, man, I don't know about you, but over the last few weeks, I've, thought, I've wondered, like, what is going on? Like, what is happening in the world today? And I want to know God's plan for me, God's purpose for me during this time. More, probably more than any other time in my life, I want to know. So maybe the baseline question for us this morning is this. How well do you know Jesus? Maybe you can think and ponder that question. How well do I feel I know Jesus's purpose in his presence with me? How much do I trust him and desire to see him work in my life during this time? If you like me, there's been times over these past few weeks where I'm not sure I see him at all, where I've completely lost the ability to actually trust in anything. As Heather and I have talked about this, and we've even walked other friends through this, I think we're all, we all get this 36 hour time period where we just lose it. With everything that's going on and everything that's happening all around us, there's about a 36 hour time period where we hit it and we think, man, I've lost it. And you get through it. You walk through it with Jesus, and that 36 hours and over, and see, it's where in those moments that I just, it's in those moments that I just, thought that I'd wish everything would go back to the way it was, right? That Jesus, the mighty God would just come down and wipe out the, Arona, the Rona virus and everything would be go, go back to normal. I secretly, hope it, I secretly hoped even last night that I'd have to rewrite this message because it happened. That's what I hoped for. But what I've been pondering this so much over the last couple of weeks is how much of a mistake it would be if we just believed and wanted everything to just go back to the way things were. That how much of a mistake it would be if we just wanted it to go back to the way things, the way it was. See, it's because I know how much more God desires for you. How much more his desire for you is to know him and to, 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 to know his love and, and and his desire for you to grow with great purpose and meaning and experience his love and give his grace and even give grace to yourself. See, like Paul prayed in that prayer in Ephesians, he says, you may know the hope to which he has called you to. Hope when sometimes it doesn't feel like there's much of it, that the riches of his glorious inheritance are for his holy people. See, I think about the disciples during this time and Jesus' death, and I I think about what they were facing as that Friday, as Good Friday came in. Can you imagine? I mean, they had hung out with Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. They had heard his teaching, experienced his healing power. They had uh, each been called out of something without purpose and without meaning to something with great purpose and great meaning. They had laughed. They had cried with Jesus. They had felt his love and his care and, his, and the value that he put in them. They had felt that. And then Friday, and then Good Friday happened and Judas, one of their own, gave him up. And then at Jesus' arrest, the rest of them scattered. Can you imagine what the disciples were feeling in that moment? All that they had committed to, all that they had built up, everything that they had accomplished with him, all that they had done and learned and been a part of, all the miracles, the way that he had worked, all those things, gone. But even more than that, Jesus actually came for the outskirts people. Jesus, I mean, that's where the disciples came out of. Even at that time, what they felt, the ones that had yet to meet him, the ones that uh, had yet to really follow his teachings, maybe that he had really seen, those that were downcast, those that were enslaved and trapped, those that were stuck in their moments, lacking their own purpose, Jesus had come for them as well. I don't know what you're feeling right now, if the things around you that you have built up yourself have started to crumble or you felt like some of the stuff that you have worked so hard for in your life have started to crumble. Whether you know Jesus or not, in both those cases, he came for you. And then it says in John, there's this tense interaction that Jesus has. Uh, Judas uh, comes with the soldiers and, and they ask who Jesus is. And Jesus, for the first time, announces himself. And actually, uh, in that moment, is the first time he uh, presented himself and gave himself up. And in that moment, the soldiers draw their sword and Peter, being Peter, draws his sword and slices off the ear of one of the soldiers. And then at any call, Jesus could have just wiped them all out and there'd been a riot and and jesus wouldn't have been arrested but what does jesus do he bends down and he picks up the ear of the soldier the one that had come to take him captive and he heals him in an amazing moment jesus proves that he not only came for those that know him that had scattered those that had yet to know him but those that had kind of come to drag him off and then John, as we've been looking at in the book of John over these last few weeks, John records Peter's denial. And in that, Jesus proves that he had come for those that might deny him as well, that might deny who he is and not know who he is and not really even care for who he is. And then John and records in chapter eight and he shares with everyone, with everything that we've got going on, those that know him, those that have yet to know him, those that have denied him, those that have come to take him away. He shares with everyone, with with you, with everything that's going on in your life right now, he shares with you. He shares with all of them that this world is so much bigger than what's right in front of you. And he shares that he is the king and that there is purpose and meaning in the immediate of what is right in front of you. And in John 18, 36 and 37, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And you are right in saying that I am king, Jesus says. And for this reason, I was born and came to testify to the truth. You see, God sent his son, God sent Jesus to the world to testify to the truth. You've heard it before. John three sixteen says, so for God loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Church, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, the wages of our shortcomings, our wrongs, our denial, our selfishness, our giving into, that the penalty is death, separation from a creator. And that the all-powerful, mighty God sent his son to walk with us, to fight the same battles we are fighting right now. Battles of denial, battles of being enslaved, battles of addiction, battles of rage and anger. Jesus won those battles. Jesus doesn't lose a battle that he's involved in. That in coming to earth, a living and perfect sinful life, he would be a perfect sacrifice for all those things that we are facing. That God in bodily form, fully God, fully man, in the person of Christ, that he carried that cross, he hung that hung on that cross, ultimately defeating sin, defeating the enemy for each one of us that is when hope was restored. That when the rock was rolled away and the body wasn't there, that is ultimately when the purpose and meaning for our lives was restored. That in the empty tomb and the hope and restoration that began to flow, it flowed through the chaos and the noise. That it is in the spirit of Jesus, defeating death, rising from the grave, that all fear and strongholds would be released that uncertainty would made certain, that fear and darkness would be turned away, that Jesus, defeating the grave and sending his spirit, his being to dwell with us, brings restoration and meaning in all circumstances into into all things. That left to our own accord, separate from the loving and powerful sacrifice of Jesus, we would be lost. We would be separate, we would be self-centered, That without his spirit, we would wander and wonder. Without purpose and meaning, we would lose it many more times than just our 36-hour window that we get. And what Jesus offers us via the cross is a victory. A victory over our selfishness, a victory over our fear, a victory over any addictions we might have, anything that's holding us captive. And what he offers us is meaningful peace in times of trouble and uncertainty, comfort in times of pain and suffering. He offers power and strength in times of fear and darkness, acceptance in the times that we react wrong or that we fail. But again, more than just taking it away, he enters into that time with us. He enters into the moments with us where we feel those things. I want to take a second and I want to look at some interse- interactions that Jesus has with people after the tomb is empty. To Mary, Jesus appears in her tears, taking with her and asking her, Why, Why are you crying? And it's that's it's at Jesus' mention of her name. He says, Mary that Mary then recognizes him in this new way. And to the disciples that had locked themselves up in the upper room out of fear, he says, peace be with you. And he shows them his hands and his side. And they recognize him for what he had done for them. And to Thomas, he consoles him, And he actually says, Thomas, put your finger in the hole. Put your hand in my side. And to those fishing a couple days later, back to doing the daily, back to working that some of us are still doing, he shares a fish fry, a meal with them on the beach. And in that moment, their eyes are open to what they're called to engage to. Their eyes are open to what Jesus, the life that Jesus is calling them to. And to Peter who denied him three times, man, it could have been 70 times. He gives a reinstatement that we'll look at next week here at church, an amazing reinstatement to live the life that God has called him to. Church, I don't i don't know where you are at right now. We could all be in many different places needing many different answers. But what I do know right now That wherever you're at and whatever you are facing in your life, Jesus is right there with you right now. He knows what you are facing. He knows the questions that you're asking. And he actually has all the answers that you need. He's walked through it and he's defeated it already. And he wants you to trust him with it. He wants you to trust him in the process. He wants you to trust you as he walks you through it. Those that put their faith and trust in him will have everlasting life. God the creator sent his son to sacrifice for you so that you will trust and put your faith in him. Making the decision would, making your decision to trust and follow him would start you down the path to the victory that Jesus won for you in your life. We're going to close here now, as we close as a church, and we're going to look, we're going to sing some songs, a couple praise songs over G, about Jesus's victory over death. And as we close, I want you to know this. I want you to know that Jesus is right there with you. He's in your need, he's in your fear, he's in your tears, he's with your family, however chaotic that looks, he's in your uncertainty, he's in your question, he's in your doubt, he's in your denial, he's in the depression you may be facing. Jesus is with you and I ask you, will you take a step closer to him and follow him? I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna give you the opportunity to respond this morning. I'm going to give you the opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus this morning. And I want to encourage you with whatever it is, wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, that you take a step closer to Jesus. Take a step into trusting and putting your faith in him. Will you pray with me? It's an easy prayer. You can pray along in your head with me, but it goes like this. Man, Lord, first let us praise you. Lord, we are so Thankful for the life that you lived, the death that you endured, and the defeat that you had over the enemy for us. Lord, right now, my friends like me, Lord, if they want to pray this, I admit that oftentimes I fall short. I thank you that we have learned from your example that you desire to enter into that time with us that as i admit my shortcomings my my failures lord you enter into that time with me and so i admit those to you right now lord that we are thankful that it was that it was your love your love that was displayed through your sacrifice for each one of us lord It is your acceptance in those failures and what I admit that prove that you enter into this time with us. Lord, I believe that you died for me. Lord, I believe that you lived the life and paid the penalty for all of those shortcomings. Lord, this morning, I believe that about you. Lord, and I ask for your forgiveness. The forgiveness that you offer to me. Lord, help me to understand that forgiveness, but help me also to give that forgiveness. Lord, it is with your strength that I want to commit my life to you. Lord, thank you for the gift that you have given I receive it and I commit my life to you this morning. Lord, it is in your victory that I have victory over the things that I'm facing in my life this morning. Lord, you are amazing living and active, God, and I want to live my life for you. I make that decision today. we pray this in your name.
0: Amen. We pray that God blesses you with this message. If you would like to contact us, please reach out to us on Facebook at CTK Sudden Valley, or visit our website at www.ctk.church. You can also find other episodes of this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, may God bless your week.